When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. That was a strange start, wasn't it? Hello. It's weird. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Rangers Rabble. Um, we're going to try and do as many of these as we can. Um, the reason that we can do a wee morning rabble this morning is because I've booked time off work and Brian, Kerr and William don't have a life. So that's how we've managed to be able to get this all together. But yeah, hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Um, we're here to talk about the... The, the latest transfer news um, surrounding Rangers, which would appear to be not a lot, um, but I think there's a lot more going on than what we know, um, and certainly what everybody on social media and stuff like that knows. But we'll take a wee deep dive into it. Um, hello, Kerr. Hello, Brian. Hello, William. Thank you for joining me. Um, we'll start very, very quickly because it was discussed last night, and it seems to be doing the rounds. How much truth there is in it, I don't know. Um, but Alex Lowry, uh, William. Um, there seems to be a lot of talk about Ross County um, possible loan move. Um, if we take away the Ross County factor and we just talk about purely a loan for um, for young Alex, how feasible do you think that is, or do you think Bilo want him in and around the first team squad? Well, I think it's either one or the other, isn't it? But he's either going to have him there and obviously utilise him between now and the end of the season, or it would appear that obviously the other option is to get him out and loan. Um, I think it's a fine line. Obviously, we kind of spoke about it the other night, and I think Ali's playing in the Lowland League. It's not going to help him develop to the player that we want him to become. Obviously, he hadn't played a lot of football recently, so obviously the decision was made that he was going to play in the Civil Service Strollers game. He had a great game, scored three really good goals. So yet again, the like the talk starts again. You know, should Alex be in the first team? If he's not going to be in the first team, should they go out and loan? Then the link to Ross County obviously happened. I see they've actually signed somebody else in loan this morning from Hibs. So I don't know maybe if that was a loan that uh, Malcolm Mackay had obviously kind of sort of let out on one of the, the chats with a local journalist. I think for me, for Alex, if he's not going to play or be involved in at least half of the games between now and the end of the season, then I can see why there's a lot of talk about him going out on loan because I think it would be better for him in the long term if he's playing regularly at a level where it's going to help him develop and he can show his qualities. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I completely agree. Um, RFC 56, I thought you were here because we signed someone. No, 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 no. That would have said breaking news then. It wouldn't have said <laughs> Norman Rabble. It would have been big capital letters saying breaking news. Um, Kerr, like William says, it's got to be either one or the other, isn't it? It's got to be that he's in and around the first team getting some minutes or he goes out and loan because, like William says, there's absolutely no way that he can get any better or progress playing in the B team. And that's that's no slight. That's I'm not having a go at the B team in any way. It's just that Alex is clearly above that level. He is, and he's caught between a rock and a hard place, and he? He's not getting any first-team games. 
He's obviously two or three steps ahead of the B team. Lads, no, no disrespect him, but he is. So it's a one-one for Alex. He goes out and does well in a loan spell. He comes back to prove the manager wrong in these first team games, or he's out and impresses in a loan spell, and he catches eye other people and he gets he gets a move to suit him because he needs to be playing games no matter what age is. He's good enough, and maybe the physicality side needs to be a bit improving defensively, and as we be a bit improving, but that'll help when he's out and loan. But you see the talent he's got, potential he's got. So if you don't use him, uh, and we'll put him up for sale, there'll be quite a lot of teams going to have a look at him. The frustrating thing for me, Brian, is we talk about um, how much, as fans anyway, and, and Michael Beale certainly spoke up about how he rates Lowry. He even said that you know he could he will be the future of the uh, of this Rangers team, etc., yeah. etc. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's 19. Um, turning 20 soon. Um, Tillman's 19, and we're talking about buying him for six million. So. If Lowry is as good as what we think he is, and he is the future of the Rangers team, how can Tillman, who is excellent, and that's a different discussion because I would sign him tomorrow if we could, but how can Tillman be an integral part of this Rangers team and yet we're, we're talking about possibly sending Lowry out on loan? That's a $65,000 question. and That was an awful, strange number. Yeah, well, $65,000 question is always the sort of quote, isn't it? Um, I would... So. <laughs> I, it is. is it not a $64 million question? It's 65 isn't it? I thought. Man, the man uh, feel him, I'll give him a break. Sorry, he's not feeling well. Go for a break. Uh, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, obviously, Tillman is, came from a, a, a club the size of Bayern Munich, which is obviously massive and sort of European scale. Um, and he's obviously from foreign lands, as in the USA. So he's travelled a bit. He's obviously had to, you know, grow up and sort of be his own man for, you know, moving around uh, the world. So, and of course, Lowry's Scottish and from Glasgow. So it's, 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 I, I would say he's, it's more a maturity thing that he's maybe got to overcome more than anything else. I don't think talent's ever been the issue. I think it's more a maturity thing and maybe it's he's just needing a little bit of a push and in, in regards to a little bit more maturity in his in his in his on play game and maybe his off field stuff as well. But for me, I said it last night, he's he's as William said, he's too good for the B team. Um and we need he, well, as William says, there's two ways. You either play him in the first team or he's got to go on loan to, to a premiership team who's going to play him, not a premiership team who's going to take him on loan and use him as a sub for the last five, ten minutes of games. We need Lowry to be starting at a team to get games, to get him up and running for the start of the next season. Yeah, I don't... and I'll finish it off here, right, because we're going to move on... Um, to, to some other transfer rumours and stuff like that. I can't... I don't think there's an attitude problem there because you don't go then and play for the B team and score a hat-trick if there's attitude problems. I, I, I genuinely don't think that's what it is. We don't know what it is. Maybe it could simply be that Beal's doing something differently behind the scenes and then boom, he'll come on and, and he'll, he'll start performing and turn it up. We don't know. We can only assume. We're only guessing because we're not privy to, to inside information. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what January holds if... 
And it would be interesting to see if Alex did go out on loan, how he would do. I think that would be really, really interesting to see. But it would have to be the right team. And I think it would have to be a team in the top league. There's there's no way he could go to a championship, League One, etc. It has to be a top, top team. But anyway, we'll wait and see um, how that works out. William Cantwell seems has been seems like it's been doing the rounds for years now, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I think we all expected it to be done by now. Um, and then it kind of went quiet. And then, of course, Daniel Farkas has come out today and says that he's not involved with the team because he's in discussions with another team. We can only assume that's us, can't we? Yeah, well, I think it was um, sort of David Wagner had said that... Farkas, Wagner, no Farkas. <laughs> that he's speaking to another club. Which, I mean, that might not necessarily be us, clearly. You know, he's not obviously going to tell people who it is. I mean, the one thing with Todd Cantwell, and obviously Kerr had touched on it, that if he's going to come in in the summer, then Rangers obviously don't pay a fee this month, and the deal mm. just happens then. If we want him this point in this window, we're going to have to pay some type of fee, but it appear, which is fair enough, because Norrie will say, well, he's still a player, he's still under contract until the summer. Is that the sticking point between the two clubs at the moment? It might be that, obviously, Rangers have already agreed something with Todd Cantwell, because they can do that, because you know, he's a free agent, he can speak to anybody right now. But the big thing would be how much are they looking for for somebody to take him now? If it's in the kind of two and a half or three million pound range, I'm not so sure Rangers will pay that for a player when they can get him for free in like kind of four or five months' time. This is maybe the sticking point on that deal. And if that's the case and Rangers don't feel the value is there for him, like to come in right now, and the deal can be done for the summer, then fair enough. The other option is Rangers play the waiting game, which we seem to do that quite well, to be fair. You know, that we'll wait until the last couple of days of the window when the player is maybe pushing for the move and Rangers can get and seal the deal for a lesser fee. Well, that's acceptable to the fan base who are getting more agitated by the day, you know, because let's be honest with you, the January window has always been an awkward one where, I, you know, do you stick, do you twist, do you invest in the squad, do you bring players in to settle them in ahead of the summer, ahead of next season? There's so much that you've got to take into consideration. But I think the one thing that stands out to me, and it's going to come down to the money side of things. If Norwich are wanting too much money right now for Rangers to take Cantwell, I don't think we'll pay too much to bring him in, knowing that we can get him for free basically in you know, four or five months' time. Well, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much stock you can take in, in what Wagner's saying. Um, care. If he's saying that he's talking to a club, then surely that means that there has been some kind of fee agreed or there has been an agreement. I mean, I know he can because of the contract situation, but yes. if Wagner's coming out and just openly saying, no, well, he's talking to another club, it means that he's, he's not going to be back in that Norwich team and surely there's been some kind of agreement between clubs. And you would like to think or imagine because of all the... They always say there's no smoke without fire. It's not always true, but in some cases it is, and it would appear that this is that case. So... You would think that he's talking to us. Hopefully, but you just never know. I mean, he's a free agent and in the summer, you probably find his agent's been talking to a good dozen clubs over the last few weeks just to see where the ground lies and then speaking to his client and seeing what direction he wants to take his football career because, to be honest with you, a husband right down at the bottom after it been up kind of, kind of peaked for a while. He's been right down, so where does he go? Does he come to here and to improve and then get sold again? a couple of years back to the Premiership, or does he try and stay down there and make an name for himself? 
it's up to the boy himself. It depends how much hunger he's got and how much he wants it because we all know he's got talent. We all know he's got he's, he tons of potential, but in the day, it's, there's a fire in his belly. I know I keep saying that, but is there? I know he's still young, but some young players play when they're 17, 16, 17, and that's, yeah, that's age 24, 25. That's nearly 10 years in football, so that's a long time for somebody, and he's still young, so it depends on the boy himself. Hopefully he does come to us, but you probably think he's talking to a few clubs, Martin, and if it's down to money, then I don't be over chance because somebody will can offer him more than me can, but if he wants to come and maybe play Europe, play in front of 40, 50,000 and challenge for stuff, then I don't see why, because... Jermaine Defoe said it himself. I know Jermaine was at the end of his career, but he found it just totally different when he came up here because he never thought Scottish football was great. But when he came to Rangers, he thought, my list is totally different and what a lot of people say down in England. So I think if he comes to Rangers, the boys got a fighting chance of making himself a player again. Well, actually, here's a point, Brian, and then. I've seen quite a few people make this point now, um, and it obviously depends on what your thoughts are on on the league as it currently stands. Everyone's got different opinions, um, but if we had a fighting chance of winning the league, then pay, but we don't, so get him in the summer with a pre-contract. Do you think that will be the way the board's looking at it? That, that you know, if we were a bit closer to Celtic, then they would go out and pay the two million or whatever it is and just get him in the door. Or do you think they're looking at it going? It's highly unlikely that, that we win the league although there's still a chance, but it's highly unlikely. So any transfer business will be affected by that. I would, yeah, I would totally agree with what Robert's saying. If we were, I think if we'd won on maybe the 2nd of January, our signings would have been completely different with you know, only being six behind going into the rest of the season. Um, I think obviously that uh, draw, obviously, I wouldn't say it's curtailed the whole window, but... Um, I would say it's changed their attitude in the sense that they've probably they've, the the chance to really get close to them or even you know overtake them's not gone but very very slim. So it's it's yeah I would totally agree with Robert saying they've they've obviously thought now right okay realistically we're not going to win the league so we'll probably just going to go and do a pre-contract and we're not going to spend big money in the January window. I've never been a big fan of the January window. I don't think we've really done very good business at all in January. It's very few and far between players that we've signed in January that have ever came off or, or done really well. So it's, it's a, it's a horrible sort of time because you're, you're, you're sort of, you're trying to pick sort of rough gems that, should be good that aren't playing well or are out of form and you're taking chances on guys that are on big money sometimes and it's it's a yeah it's a bit of a minefield January and I would say the board are probably going to be going down the pre-contract route rather than paying money at this stage I would say yeah but at the same time William um, I'm just going to try and find the comment because it's a brilliant comment um, Rangers 72 you know we've still got two cups they compete for, you know, we're in the semi-final on Sunday. Um, I think the least that we should expect from from Beal and from Rangers is at least the two cups this season, because there's no excuse, you know, we've been pouring the league up until a point, up until Beal came in, but there's no excuses now um, in, in terms of cup competitions. So should the board be looking at that as a point of, right, okay, well, but we're still in two cup competitions, let's strengthen this squad in January. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
<laughs> you know, we all know the ones that are handing over the money, right? I mean, that's a simple matter of the fact. We all know the ones that say, oh, let's just pay this money, let's do that. I would imagine privately they've had conversations with the manager. Maybe he has said, look, if we can do these deals right now, this is what I think is maybe an acceptable amount of money to pay that will help us between now and the end of the season and moving into next season. The benefit of doing some of the deals in January is that it allows the players to settle in ahead of next season and it allows the players to get used to Michael Beale's style, how we want to play, getting used to being at Rangers. Because I think one of the things that maybe surprises some players that come from England is maybe just the sheer size of Rangers Football Club and the expectations that we have, you know. And that's not the same for every club in England. You know, they don't look at things the same way, maybe out with the top four or six in the top tier. If we can do these deals in this window and it makes financial sense and it's going to help us between now and the end of the season and moving forward, because that's got to be the big thing. It's not just about now, it's about moving forward for the next 18 months, maybe two and a half, three and a half years for some of these guys, because they're probably going to sign like three or four year deals. So if you do these deals, it's more of a long-term view, but you still have to like look at the financial like landscape here, I would imagine most of the money that we do spend is going to happen in the summer, and there is a budget for this window, but it might be that the manager wants maybe two or three, or maybe even that wee bit of extra at the end of the window, if we can add somebody, and it might be they don't want to spend every single penny on Cantwell or on a Tom Davies, whereas like the pre-contracts all right, you're probably going to get agents' fees, the player will get a signing-on fee, the wages will be a bit higher, etc. But it means you're not having to fork out the money right now for a guy that's basically a free agent in, you know, four or five months' time. That's the kind of, that's the balancing act the club have got. And I get that people say, well, just spend the money. But that's just know how things are at the end of the day at the football club, and they're not just going to do that, especially if they don't think it's value for money. Well, Tommy in the comments has just ripped away my next question. It's almost as if he knew what I was going to say, um, Kerr, but I, 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 this is 100% true. Look, Bill's comments have put pressure on Wilson um, and, and the board because he has he has basically said, it's not, it's not just that he said that he, he needs or wants players because at the same time, he's also said he wants to evaluate his squad. But he's also hinted and practically said that, you know, there'll be a couple of players coming in and that he's speaking to players. So... Bill's came out and told us that he's already spoke to players. So yeah. that would, the supporters then take from that, right, OK, well, we're signing players. Hopefully, but Ross Wilson doesn't answer to Michael Bill, does he? He answers to the board. And it, also, I know people saying spend the money in Campbell, spend the money in Davis, but these boys have got contracts. If they say to themselves, if I see my contract out of my parent club at the moment, and going a free, they get more money for that. So they could be looking at that angle as well. So it's not always about how much money we want to spend. If the guys want to sit and dig their feet in and just sign a pre-contract with somebody, they get a bigger sign on fee and a bigger wage. And I know they can say, well, it can't be much a difference, but some football players like the money. So you've got to look at it both sides. But listen, Ross Wilson answered the Rangers board. He's got a job here to balance books. He's got a budget there and, and he answers to them. Michael Beale can say what he wants, but in the, the day, I still say <laughs> Ross Wilson will be the man that decides. But I hope Michael Beale is right. I hope Michael is a guy, kind of guy, has to force him because we do need players and we do need changes because the squad's been needing a rehaul probably since before Jared left. So I hope Michael keeps going this way. But there's a lot of 
Aye, to dot and tease the cross before seeing anybody, regarding Ross Wilson. <laughs> we all know Kerr's feelings about Ross Wilson. Um, Brian, I suppose, I suppose look, the other one was Tom Davis. It's kind of the same rumours that are circulating, to be perfectly honest, although Cantwell just seems a lot closer. The, the Tom Davis one seems to have kind of just fell away into the ether. Um, yeah. So, with regards to other players coming in, there's not a lot of rumours out there, is there? No, there's, I mean, there was only one that I think Stu highlighted last night was that young Romanian lad that was linked via the, I think, the Hadji link, um, the attacking midfielder kid. So, you know, that was that was the only That's one that was... That's lazy journalism, though, is it not? Well, it was the only one that we could find. So, you know, uh, it, it's, you're, you're kind of, well, I wouldn't say you're grasping at straws, but you're just looking and seeing what there is and there's not much out there, you know. But I think as William said, um, you know, previously, we've got a hell of a squad, and Beal's, I, th- I would say, Beal's biggest priority is getting rid of players he doesn't want, um, and that's that's harder than it sounds. You know, it seems easy to get rid of guys, but it's a lot, it's very difficult. If they don't want to leave, you're, you're, you're up, you know, you've had it. You know, a, a player can dig his heels in as long as he wants. Um, so I would, I would say it's his, it's the players he doesn't want that is a bit. It's a bigger priority just now, rather than, you know, he needs to free up wages at the end of the day. He needs to decide. Well, he he needs to speak to players that he wants that are out of contract, as as in Morelos and Kent. He obviously likes Morelos because he's played him recently quite a lot. So he's got to speak to these guys and see 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 if they want to stay. And if they don't, then it it's it's. It's a big decision either to let them go in this window or keep them to the summer and chance getting them, you know, losing them for nothing. So I would say Beal's biggest priority is getting rid of guys that he doesn't want. I don't, right, name the Deadwood if you dare, right, RFC 56 channel member. I don't like that term. I think it's it's quite, I just don't like it, right? I, I prefer players that aren't good enough. I know it's pretty much the same thing, right? But I'm not a big fan of that term because whether they're good enough or they're not, they've come in and they've tried their best for our football club at the end of the day. And it's just not worked out because they are simply not good enough. But, William, you've mentioned that January is probably, I mean, there, there only is two windows, but January is the most difficult. Um, so it's not, not just for bringing players in, but also players that maybe aren't good enough for us. It's going to be extremely difficult for the club to sell them or, or put them out on loan, etc., etc. But from that current squad, just for January alone, who would you like to see us try to try and move on? Basically, just the guys that are not even in the match day squad most weeks. <laughs> you know, I think they're the obvious players. You know, there's I think I'd kind of worked out between 28 and 30 first team players if you include the kind of B team players that are moving up and down from time to time. I mean, that's a lot of players in. You know, the manager can only pick 18 for a match day squad most of the time. You're talking about 10 and upwards who are sitting in the stand, who are picking up a wage, who are not really bringing anything to the team. That's a massive squad of players. You know, mm-hmm. if you're talking about guys that are out of contract in the summer, you've got Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis, Phil Hellander, Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent. There is probably a few others in amongst there. And then you've got next summer where another eight or ten players, I think, are out of contract. And then you've got guys who obviously are on slightly longer contracts, but Michael Beale maybe doesn't think they're the players for us. 
So how how do we how do we sell them, William, or how how do we move them on? Well, it's easier to get rid of the guys in the summer because they're out of contract anyway. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the one good thing the manager's got. Um, but the problem would appear is though the manager would like to keep one or two of the players that are out of contract in the summer, whereas most people you see on social media are like, well, it's a good chance to move guys on and start a refresh. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what the manager wants. And I think there could be one or two surprises that the manager might look at that squad and think he can get better or he wants to change the style, which means that one or two of these players don't necessarily then fit how he wants to play. I mean, like, the interesting one that keeps cropping up, and I can understand why, and it's Cholak. Like, Cholak's the interesting one, because if we're going to play in a certain manner, is Cholak the one to play in that system? You know? Mm. And then, like, you look at somebody like sort of Lundstrom. Lundstrom didn't have the best of times under, like, dealing Gerard and McAllister the first time around. So if you're going to change our style to how Michael Peel wants to play, is Lundstrom the long-term guy? Is Ryan Jack the long-term player there? Um, we've obviously got huge decisions to make on James Sands and obviously Malik Tillman. You know, if the money is true on somebody like Tillman, that's a, a reasonably big part of our summer budget. Even if that money has been set aside, you're still talking five or six million pounds for one player. Do you know? And that always gives me that fear that we spend that much money on one player because... Like, so where's the rest of the budget? You know, like, how do you go and then recruit another three, four, five, six players in the summer? Because we are going to need that potentially. So is that where like the Bosman market's going to come into play? Are we going to look to develop players from maybe um, another country that they think that they can get better like sort of value from? That's something that a lot of people are talking about now in social media. Um it's a tough one. I get the criticism that the club take over. The kind of constant looking at English players because I think people see it as being lazy. You know, it's a market that Michael Beale clearly knows very well. It's a market that Ross Wilson has basically worked in for a large part of his career, so he knows it. The problem that I think people have is that they look at the other side of the town in Celtic and the way that they've brought in some of the Japanese players who have done well. The fact that they've recruited some guys who have come in and did well from other countries in Europe. We've obviously done it to an extent, but we do seem to have a bit of a glaring issue when it comes to players that we do look at the English market. And let's be honest, it's one of the higher paying markets as well. So are you getting the value that you could get somewhere else? Or like, do we feel there's, a, there's less of a chance that you're going to have your fingers burned by bringing these players in? Because there's always another English club that will take them. Whereas if you sign a player from Poland or Romania or Sweden or Norway, if the player comes and it doesn't work out, is it as easy to move them back on? Because maybe the clubs in these countries won't be able to cover the wages that we pay them. You know, it's so difficult. Like, you could basically, I don't know what you say, you could basically argue until you're blue in the face with regards to the English market. Is it the right market to work in a lot of the time? A lot of people would say no. But I understand why they do it, because Michael Beale has worked in England most of his career. He knows the players who have come through the academies. That's why we continually have been linked, I think, with some players that he's watched while he's coached in England and he's done managerial work. Ross Wilson is a strong advocate of that market as we continue to see basically every transfer window. So I don't think it's going to disappear. Mm -hmm. I think it will continually be a market we look at. But whether the value is there, 
and whether the wages that we have to pay the players from England is right, that will obviously be the big debate amongst a lot of people. Should there be a worry, Kerr? Should should we be worried, should I say, that it's now Friday the 13th um, and we've still not had a sniff and we've still not made any signings or should it just be cool, calm, there's still half a month to go until the end of the window, everything's okay? I'm not even worried yet, there's still a bit to go and some players like to wait with other options before they make a decision, but if you look back at last January, the five players we signed, there's no one anywhere near the first team. Do you know what I mean? Ramdi's away, Bukowski's away, Diallo's away, Suter's injured and Sands is, your guess, as good as mine. Uh, so that was five players last January. And if we bring in five players last January, everybody might be happy, but you don't want the same turnaround again, do you? You want to bring guys in who's going to make an impact because not really to be honest. They've got you, to make an impact here. It's got to be first team players. No, really, any five of them made an impact. But when we signed Aaron Rams, everybody was happy. I mean, we sat here and we were quite happy. It's probably because we were living on the name of Aaron Ramsey and where he came from and what he'd done. The difference with Camp Mel and Davis is they're still young enough to turn it around because hopefully they still got legs in them. Ramsey never because mm-hmm. he was over that side of the house. So, unless he played um, for Wales. <laughs> well, I played golf with Gareth. Uh, it's 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 hard because I understand what I'm saying. Obviously, Bill's been in England at QPR's manager down in Villa, but Liverpool's a coach, so he knows a lot of players down there. A lot, a lot of players. Ross Wilson's been the same. He was at Watford, Huddersfield, Southampton, so he's had a lot of players he knows, and obviously a lot of these scouts know these players, and he's got a lot of contacts. So as a market, you're going to look at constantly. I mean. Sometimes you're lucky. I mean, we have been lucky in the past getting a good few players for England, but you always remember the ones that don't you get and don't play well, or you get that are rotten, and you remember the ones like, I mean, people always going about Joy Barton. Joy Barton was finished. We should never went for him in the first place, but we did. So I'm not worried yet, because I think the squad we've got just now is good enough to win the two cups. I think we will. I think we should get at least one. If we don't get any, then questions might be asked, but... That's between now and the summer, Michael Bill's got a free hat, I think. But after the summer, then that's when you have to question the way forward we go. But I wouldn't blame I wouldn't put all the blame on him because he needs back by the board, he needs back by the Rangers. He can't mm. do everything himself. No, true, true. Um, right, Brian, I'll ask you the sixty-five thousand dollar question. Right? Sixty-four, I believe so. <laughs> yes, it is. It is sixty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> um oh, What's more important then, this January transfer window? Is it more important that we bring a couple of players in to help the first team? Or is it more important that we try and move on some who aren't getting any games and uh, are, as people in the comments are saying, stealing a wage? You want you want sort of that scenario both ways. You want to shift a few on that are not contributing. And you want, obviously, guys yes, to come The question is, what's more important, Brian? Not what we want. Come on, it's a sixty-five thousand dollar question. You should. Um, I would be more inclined to sign guys that are going to make an impact in the first team, purely because there's a high probability that a lot of the guys that we're speaking about that aren't making a contribution are going to leave in the summer anyway. So it's a short-term loss. Hopefully, for that, a bigger gain is in the sense that you're signing guys that are going to make an impact in the next few seasons for the club. Um, and improve us so you know 
I would be more inclined going that way. Um, again, it's it's just very tricky, but I would I would be more inclined to go that way if it was for me. But fair enough. Easy. Fair enough. He didn't win the money. He didn't no. win the money. That's a no. shame. Finally, William, just a wee bit of news as well. Uh, Juan Allegra has returned. Yeah, he has been he, from uh, Thistle. Was that all? Faye Falkirk. I've got Tony Weston in my head. Um, Faye Falkirk, sorry. Um, was that always planned or was he returned early? What's, what's the latest for that? Yeah, I was kind of slightly surprised, if I'm honest. I would imagine it's one of two things because I don't think Juan's got a future at Rangers. That's the one thing I would say. And it's no offence to Juan. I think he's a decent player. I think he's done a decent job at Falkirk. Um, I would imagine not it's... Fissile. Not Fissile, definitely Falkirk. Definitely Falkirk. <laughs> and I think... And I think the thing it could be is that there's been an offer come in from a loan at a higher level. So it might be that a championship club are interested in taking them in loan. And that's why that loan might happen. Or it might be that an offer's come in on a permanent deal and that Juan can take that and maybe go back to Finland or maybe he goes back to Colombia. Do you know what I think? For a player at his age, he needs to be playing. And he's nowhere near the Rangers' first team. He's probably not getting but he's not going to get that close to the Rangers' first team either. And I think there's got to be a reality check that the player needs to move on for his own benefit. And there's probably quite a few others that are out on loan that are in the same boat that maybe if something happens now and it can become a permanent deal, that Rangers would allow it to happen. Um, I think one of the ones that I saw recently was John Baldy, who was at Rangers. He had joined Hibs and he was out on loan in the first division. That loan was terminated, and then he joined Arbroath, I think it was, permanently. So it might be that kind of deal for the Allegria that an offer's come in. Rangers are happy to terminate the loan, and now he gets sold. That's what I think could happen. Obviously, you know, I don't have any insight into that particular one. However, it would certainly make sense that you've recalled a guy for a reason, because if not, you would have just left him out on loan at Falkirk, where he's been doing okay in League One. And he didn't have a great time. It's, he was at Thistle, obviously, first. That's why I get confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have a great time at Thistle. Either. I don't even think he scored a goal at Partick Thistle. So. a single goal. No, yeah, well, I think that's the interesting thing. So if another championship club have shown an interest in Allegria when he's been out and loan at Falkirk, is that really the best move for Juan, considering how badly it worked out at Thistle? And this is the fine line that Rangers have got. My preferred thing would be that it's a permanent deal and that he can move on somewhere else and have a career. Because I just say there's got to be a, like, a kind of line in the sand where you're like, right, I'm getting 19, 20 years old. I'm not close to the Rangers first team. I'm not really feeling like I'm going to have a chance like to make the first team. So I need to move on and play somewhere else. Um, so that's, well, I think this will be an interesting window. I do think we will see some players leave. However, I don't think it'll be anybody that's out of contract in the summer. It might be players that have got a slightly longer contract that Rangers can maybe get a fee for them and they mm-hmm. feel as though it's it's value to let them go. Because if they're not in the manager's plans, like sort of beyond the summertime, which he's basically spoken about, that they might just take the money now and they can let it go. Because it makes sense to do that, doesn't it, in reality? Because if they don't have a future and we can get something for them now, then, you know, let's do the deal. Yeah, it would make it would make absolute sense. We are back tonight at half past seven for the phone in. Um, as everybody, as all the regular viewers will know, um, I've had pretty poor 
uh, issues, bad issues with my internet. That is all fixed and all sorted. So the phone-in will be back, which will be good. Um, I've missed the phone-ins. I've missed Curry phoning up and shouting at me and, and all that sort of stuff. So the phone-in will be back tonight. And um, for those of you watching just now who maybe haven't tuned in before, thank you, welcome. Please uh, consider subscribing, giving the wee show a like. Um, and of course, to all our regular viewers, if, if you're a regular viewer and you haven't subscribed yet, just hit the subscribe button. Because I check all the stats after it, and the majority of people that watch this don't subscribe. But it, there must be a lot of people who watch it all the time and don't subscribe. So if you haven't, subscribe. It's dead, dead easy. All the links are in the description as well for all our social media stuff as well. So get us followed over there. And if you're a long-time viewer or a first-time viewer um, and you fancy some more content, then, of course, we do have our membership shows as well. So click that link, the join button below or the link in the description and become one of our members. So yeah, back at half past seven tonight. Thank you everybody for tuning in to a wee morning rabble. Hopefully we can get some more of these out there and get these done as well. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to William and Kerr. Um, and hopefully everybody watching and more will see you tonight at half past seven. Thank you. See you later. Podcast Network.